The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek Narrated by Kurt Bonham Chapter 9 Space 879A Fear, panic, and dread pump my blood hard through my pounding heart. My adrenaline pounds harder through my veins. My feet pound the cement stairs the hardest. Stop at the eighth floor. Urgency tinges Sapphire's voice. At the eighth floor, I yank on the door handle, fling open the door. Heavy footsteps bound down the stairs above us. Quick, this way, she says. I follow her down halls, past classrooms and studios. We end up in a hallway with an alcove where she stops at a blank wall. I almost slam into her. She presses on the wall, which opens to a hidden room able to tightly fit six to eight people. Go, get inside. Her tone's pleading now. I slip in, she follows me, and the false wall closes. The room's dark, almost black. Click, click. Damn it, the light's out, she says. My pulse rapidly ping-pongs like the cursor on a computer monitor rapidly ping-pongs because a key on the keyboard got stuck. Where are we? Space 879A, Sapphire whispers. Boom. The walls vibrate from a slamming door. My fingertips find hers. Thud, thud, thud. Angry freight train footsteps thunder up the hall and stop. Where'd they go? A deep voice asks. Woomph! The sound of a fist hitting drywall. They aren't here. They must have headed the other way. The sound of running feet fades. I strain to listen, but the low hum of white noise is all that remains. The creeping darkness closes in. How did you know about this place? My voice skips and cracks. I accidentally found it, Sapphire says, all calm and relaxed. The first wave of nausea floods me. I asked a graduate student about this room. He told me it's called Space 879A, created as a part of a prank used to initiate and scare freshmen. Her voice fades in and out, and the first rush of burning prickly hair runs up my arms. No, not now. Stay calm. Focus. They didn't get in trouble? I struggle to get normal words out. I'm not sure. Sapphire squeezes my hand. The darkness gets tighter, like a sweater one size too tight. It's a great place to take a quick break, meditate between classes, she says. I claw at my collar. Okay. Sure, and now it saved our lives. My stomach's churning, my chest is thumping, and my point of no return is coming fast. Are you all right? She squeezes my hand again. Now, uncontrollable soaking sweats. And then, the smell. The smell of death. Or at least what I imagine death smells like. I want to scream, to run but my mouth and my legs won't move. You're shaking, she says. It's okay. This place is safe. They won't find us here. A cold shiver of sweat coats my skin, mixes with the air temperature drop. Always noticeable, always fierce. 
always panic. Holding her hand slows my going to my knees. Oh, it's getting cold. AC must have kicked in, she says. Her hand clutching mine steadies me. Not, not the AC. Get out, get out now. My strangled breathing trips on the words. Boone, I want you to take slow, deep breaths through your nose, she says. Maybe the beast won't show up. I squeeze her hand. I'll do it with you. She breathes slow and counts. One, two, three, four. I shake less. You're doing great. Keep breathing deep. I hate when I don't hear any sound. Focus on my voice now. Listening to her voice soothes me. You're safe. Where is it? It's never been this quiet before. Now, hold your breath for a count of seven. Her voice is a beacon I reach for. I follow along and hold my breath like she says. My heart's slowing. This is working. My heart's never slowed down before. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The slow cadence of the numbers work. No beast. No burning red eyes. And I've stopped shaking. Now, we're going to exhale through our mouths while I count to eight. It's maddening when a beast that always shows up suddenly doesn't. But it's also reassuring. Maybe there's something to these breathing techniques. Maybe I should have tried this before. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I push out the air stuck in my throat. One big deep breath in, she says. I suck in as much air as I can. <sighs> and let it all out with a big sigh. <sighs> My body surrenders, relaxes, rests, and we sit. It's quiet outside. Those men should be long gone. Let's go. She cracks open the false wall. My body goes on autopilot. I fly out the opening, landing on my hands and knees. I suck in every ounce of God's glorious, gorgeous air. <gasps> Bethel? Yes. Raspy relief fills my voice. She keeps the false wall propped open. And there's the smell of fresh, sweet hillside grass, dirt, and damp wood. Is that mud on your boots? Confusion ripples across Sapphire's face. She's not going to believe me if I tell her about the Wendigo. Yes, it's mud. I stand, resting my hands on my legs, taking in another chest full of air. <sighs> How is there mud? She looks back into the space. How can I tell her? This happens every time I'm in the dark. Trapped in an ongoing, deep, disturbing hell of a nightmare. Someone must have talked it in and you picked it up. She checks the bottom of her shoes. No mud. I stand, breathing steady. This is the first time the beast hasn't appeared. And I don't know why. Thank you. For what you did. The breathing. It somehow worked. <sighs> 
how did you know how to do that? My governess, Madame Toulouse, she had nyctophobia too. She had what? Nyctophobia. The fear of the night, darkness, or dark spaces. Did Madame Toulouse also have to deal with that creature? Sapphire takes my hand. My gut flutters, sputters, then calms. She glances at my shoes. So what's with the mud on your boots? I can't explain it. But every time I find myself in dark spaces, water and mud appear and there's the smell. I stomp my foot, kick mud off my boot. She inhales, her face crinkles. I smell fresh, sweet grass, dirt, and wood. How? Can I trust her? Do you believe in monsters? Monsters? Not really, but go ahead, tell me about monsters. I breathe out. With you seeing the mud and smelling the woods, I know I'm not crazy, but things sometimes get worse. What do you mean, Wills? Along with the mud, something else comes. Something not from here. Something meant for horror movies. She scrutinizes my face. She searches for a punchline. I hesitate, but go on. Something I wouldn't wish in anyone's worst nightmare. And it's been coming for me ever since my parents and dog disappeared when I was six. I suck in a big belly full of air. And it keeps coming, 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 always coming. And this is a monster? I pull down my collar, revealing faint red claw marks that glow then fade. Her face goes pale. She rubs her eyes. What did that to you? An Ojibwa shaman named Biscayne told me it was a wendigo. The wendigo stalks you, he said. It endangers everyone around you, everyone you care about. I shake off the memory of his fatalistic words. I'll tell her more, another time. But right now, we need to get someplace safer and plan how to find the music. Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 10 Play Me Paganini <laughs> 